So, welcome to Student Talk, and today we have our guest, Renzo, and he's a veteran. So, can you introduce yourself, Renzo? Hey, students, I'm Renzo, and I'm a veteran. So, what makes you a veteran? Because I participated in the invasion of Iraq in 2003. So can you describe your experiences in briefly in Iraq? My experiences in Iraq, uh, it, was, it was wartime, so of course a lot of death was involved. And then, that was pretty much it. Mm. Okay. A lot of people got killed. Yeah. So while you were over in Iraq, did you like see every single day like people die or there were just some days you guys, you soldiers were just like in war zone areas just waiting for like, what, do you guys even know what you were fighting for? Well, we was fighting um, to take away the weapons of mass destruction from Saddam. But no, um, we didn't see people get killed every day. It was a thing like, once we got to where we was going, that was pretty much it, you know, for the, um, for the killings. But along the way, like we drove from Kuwait all the way to Baghdad. And of course they was not just gonna let us just go to Baghdad without resistance. So that's where the fight came at. Headed to Baghdad. Mm -hmm. A lot of people got killed. So how would you say like this war affected your mental health? Well, uh, before the war, well, I was, first of all, I was 18 years old, maybe 19. And before the war, you know, I was very patient. Um, Quiet. I was very quiet, just reserved. Just I didn't let much bother me. And being in a war, you know, of course, always having to be hyper vigilant. You know, wondering if you're gonna die or live the next day. You know, that affects a person. So it definitely messes with your sleep and your mood swings and behaviors. Would you say that often that you like, after you came back from the war that you like woke up from like nightmares of what you saw in Iraq? The nightmares was mostly not what I saw, but it was mostly um, like being back over there, just having to do it again. Like, that's what the nightmare was, like, having to do it again. So, what's it like when you see something that reminds you of that time of war? Well, what you're talking about is PTSD. Right. So, what post-traumatic stress disorder is, it is a disorder that... Most combat veterans, rape victims, anybody who done experienced anything traumatic in their life 
um, experience. All it is is just reoccurring events. So yeah, say like I can give you an example. We live next to a military base. The booms, sometimes they shoot. So the booms, the helicopters, sometimes we may see military vehicles driving, and even sometimes guys in uniform. So uh, we still don't know why or how. That's what's going on. That's what we're trying to figure out. It's a lot of studying going on, but somehow it it like sends us, when I say us, people who deal with PTSD don't have to be a war vet, but that's just my experience. But it sends us into uh, like a downward spiral, kind of like a depression. That's why it's good to be able to Talk about it with your family so that way they'll know when you when you're having those moments. So is that like how you deal with your mental health is just talking with your family or or do you have other like ways that you deal with your PTSD? Well you gotta seek professional help. I've been um I've been going to the VA getting help from the counselors since two thousand 11 I want to say and the counseling actually works at first I was resistant to it I was what you want to call bucking the system because I didn't think that I had a problem thought that everybody else had a problem so I eventually eventually you know I noticed that I'm getting way too mad way too easy about nothing and, and it's way too hard to calm down so once I realized that, um, say three years after I came from the war, and it made me realize that I might need help. I might need help. And I ran across some of my buddies that I was actually um, stationed over there with. I was actually working with one of them in the prison. And he started asking me questions. And he was like, man, he was like, do you have this going on and this going on and this going on? And I was like, how does he know what I'm what I got going on. So he was like, man, I got PTSD. He was like, you better go get checked. Man, I went and got checked and come to find out that's exactly what it was. It was PTSD. Do you think you didn't want to go to therapy at first because there's like a stigma from going to therapy trying to get help? I didn't want to go because I didn't think nothing was wrong with me. It took family members. Like it took, it took my wife telling me like, hey man, you different. I didn't think nothing was wrong with me. I thought I was I thought I was perfectly fine. Like I said, I thought it was everybody else. I thought it was everybody else. I had no idea. So do you have like any advice for um children that have parents that have PTSD or children that have PTSD, like how they should deal with their PTSD? Parents with PTSD. Um, I would say my mom had PTSD uh, from her childhood, but so I can actually speak on that. I can speak on that too, but of course that'll probably be at a later time. But children dealing with parents with PTSD. I think it's the parents' job 
to explain, you know, what's going on to the children so that way the children can um, can actually get a good understanding of why their parents might sometimes isolate. Because that's what I deal with sometimes. Sometimes I deal with um, extreme isolation. Say, like, it could be a smell. It could be a sound. It could be a day. It could be anything. It could be some thunder. It could be anything. And if you got people around you that know, like, well, you acting kind of weird, right, that could actually help you. Because with us, right, and I'm not the only one, like, not the only one. If if I talk to, like, 10 of my buddies that I, that I was over there with, all 10 of them say the same thing. Like, by the time they realize what's going on, it's too late. It's too late. My thing is, when I get that way, I just want to be alone because I'm not sure what I might say or do. Because I've been known in the past to get get that way and say some pretty foul things to people, you know. And my thing is, I don't want to hurt my kids. I don't want to hurt my wife because words last a long time. I don't think they look at it like that, though. But I think, I think it's more so like we would rather you be here than be somewhere by yourself. But that's just how we deal with it. That's just how we deal with it. So you just isolate so that you don't hurt anyone. Yeah. By saying something you regret. Yeah. I've done it. I've done it a lot. Said some pretty foul things to my kids, to my wife, to my mama. Anybody can get it. And that ain't my that ain't who I am. And that ain't who I am. That that but that is a part of me now. And it's a part of um something that I just gotta learn how to live with. But it's not fair. It's not fair to them that they got to deal with that part of me. But I think I got enough of a support system to where they understand. But um, going back, going back to to like Iraq situations. Like having to actually, you know, have people in the crosshairs of a gun, like, like ready to gun them down. Like, and these are actually, these are actually people, and you supposed to kill them. Like, you supposed to kill them like that. That destroys a part of a person in a being like forever because we ain't supposed to be killing each other. Like, we supposed to be loving each other, and we supposed to be helping each other. So when you face with that, and that's what you supposed to do, and that's what you have to do then that destroys a person, man. That destroys the peace of a person forever. Now, me personally, I ain't never killed nobody. I ain't never killed nobody. I never had the heart to kill anybody. I was supposed to, but I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't do it because, for one, I didn't agree with why we was over there. Like, I didn't agree with why we was over there. I didn't agree with the the whole well, you didn't find nothing like weapons of mass destruction. I didn't agree with it, and I knew that. I'm glad that even even as a a 19 year old, I had the I had the uh, what what is the word I want to use like the I had the, something to know that I shouldn't be killing these people. No, even though like I could have, huh? 
It's like a gut feeling you're conscious, your conscience. Yeah, it's like, I shouldn't be killing these people. And I could have killed people if I wanted to. But it was like, I can't. But because I knew that later in life, when we got back home, those guys that, that was actually killing people, they was going to have to deal with that in a major way. In a major way. And like right now, it's no telling where they at and what they doing. They probably somewhere in a bar drunk. Right. Because they have all those innocent lives, innocent lives on their mind. You know. The PTSD ain't no joke. Mm-hmm. And like I can remember being in places like I've been in. Kuwait, of course, Kuwait wasn't a hostile place. It was pretty it was a peaceful place. Been in Iraq, Afghanistan. Pakistan. The trip to Pakistan uh, was a peace mission. We went to Pakistan and we found out later after we got back that the last time that mission was attempted the Pakistani people turned on everybody and killed all the Americans. Like they killed everybody the last time that mission was attempted. So when I found that when I found that out after we got back I was like what? Y'all just sent me on a dummy suicide mission? But I survived, though. We survived. So we out in the middle of Pakistan, uh, in the middle of the mountains in Pakistan somewhere, uh, living with the, with the Pakistani people. You know, they feeding us. They took our weapons away from us. They was pretty much guarding us. And we was training them. I was a cook, though. I was a cook, so I have no idea why they had me over there in Pakistan with the Pakistanis, but I went, and I was a part of that. Uh, I actually volunteered for Afghanistan on my own because I felt like, I felt like that would help me. I felt like I've been, I've been having all these nightmares about revisiting this place, like revisiting this part of the world. And I was terrified, so I was like, I'm going to have to go back over there. I'm going to have to go back over there and face this. I'm going to have to go back over there and face this so that with my brain and my body knows that ain't nothing, you ain't going to get killed. Ain't nothing going to happen. So I went back to Afghanistan, and I stayed in Afghanistan for like 15 months as a, as a contractor. And that was in 2010, and after that, I, it didn't really help me. It didn't hurt me. Um, but I can say that I can say that I learned a lot because it was isolated on a, a farm. I learned a lot about the people in that region. I learned a lot about myself. But PTSD and mental health is no joke. It is serious. And if you think you're dealing with it, you need to get some help. You should pull out your phone, Google some of the symptoms, and nine times out of ten, if you ever had anything traumatic happen to you in your life, you might have uh, you might have PTSD. It may not be severe. Mine is chronic and severe. And if you do have PTSD, you need to know because if you got PTSD then it's certain things that you ain't going to be able to do. Like, it's certain things that you ain't going to be able to go around, and there's certain people that you ain't going to be able to deal with. So if you got that type of thing going on, you have to know. You have to be honest with yourself 
You have to be honest with your doctors. You have to be honest with your folks. So that way, everybody know what's going on. If not, you will self-destruct. Because you don't want to be deal with like, you don't want to be like not knowing what's wrong with you, and then trying like not trying to get the help that you need, and just walk around and then people are like they want to stay away from you because they don't know like if you're going to explode or like if they're going to like say harsh words, you know, like you were saying earlier that there's words that you want to say sometimes that you can't take back, mm-hmm. so. You know, it's important to find a professional and speak to your family so that you don't, you know, that you're not alone and that you always have like someone to lean on or find someone that can always support you. You Mental health is very important, you know, because we also have, you know, like we, we had Nicole and she was a veteran and she ended up, you know, Suicide, you know? well, we don't know if it was suicide, uh, but we do know that she took too much medicine. Yeah. We don't know if it was intentional or if it was... We don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's pretty common among veterans, suicide. Right. So it would be, like, terrible, you know. It's just scary, like, to think that, like... No, my my family members have PTSD and they have a lot going on in their mind and they feel like super depressed. Like I just want I just want you guys to know that like you have you have your family to talk to always, you know. And we do always want you around, but we understand if you need that time. I don't even think it's a I don't even think it's a matter of needing that time. I think it's a a matter of uh, not being able to control it or understand what's actually happening at that time. Like, my body tricked me. Like, it's my body, my brain tricked me. Like, go clean out your car. You want to clean out your car? Like, okay. Let's go clean out my car then. Next thing you know, I'm sitting there for hours, and then the hour turned into a day, and then the day turned into days. Multiple days, it has been weeks, just sitting there. So it ain't a, it ain't a thing where that's what we need. And I'm not the only one. Like you got veterans that will actually get in their car, drive to the store, and end up in California somewhere. And they just kept driving because they wanted, they enjoyed when they got in the car and they started riding. They was like. Man, let me keep riding. I'm enjoying this, this, this uh, solitude, and I know that it has everything to do with what I just explained. Like they feeling some kind of way, and they notice that I'm on the edge, and they probably done been in that position where they done said things that they can't take back, and don't want to do that no more. Like don't want to do that no more. Who wants to keep hurting people with words? Words, words last forever. Like they will, they will destroy a person, especially coming from a parent or from a from a husband or a wife. Those words ain't no joke. And we as veterans, uh, war vets, man, we'll do and say anything. So I think, I think, I think, I think that um, 
Like I said, it's not a matter of that's what we need. It's just something that kind of just happens. Kind of just happens. And man, nobody don't understand it either. I done been to a lot of doctors. A lot of doctors want to pick my brain and find out why I am the way I am and, and, and these types of things. Nobody figured it out yet. They want to give you medication. My thing is, I don't want to take the medication because I feel like the medication for me, it may not be like that for everybody else. But I like to think. I'm a thinker. I like to sit there and I like to think. And the medication don't allow that. It don't allow that. It don't allow you to think because if you do too much thinking on the medication, you may think about the wrong thing. So when you're on the medication, what you see in front of you, that's what it is. And I don't like that. I like to expand my, I like to expand my mind. And Yeah, so that's very good to point out that therapy, if you do decide to take it, it's going to take time. You're not going to like, the doctor can't just fix you and you'll be okay. It takes time to work out your problems and talk about them and open up to someone else about them. So. Yeah. You gotta be willing to work too. Like you have to put in the work. Like these people ain't just telling you to do this like for no reason. Like for me at first, I was so stubborn. I was like, man, this is stupid, this is dumb. Like I ain't finna do this. Like this makes no sense. But I got this, I had ran across this doctor that was just as crazy as I was. <laughs> I ain't going to say his name, but he was just as crazy as I was. So I was like, you know what? This damn man, he's crazy as hell. I'm going to try it. So I tried what he was telling me to do for a few days. And I realized that I went to school for this. Now these people are, these people did a whole lot of psychology classes, and they did a whole lot of study in the brain, and they know the situation, they know the war situation, and they know the brain, so they combined the two together, and they came up with a solution. Now this solution ain't 100%, but it is helpful, like, like coping, like coping mechanism, for instance. Learning your triggers, that is extremely important. You have to know what triggers you. Because if you don't know what triggers you, you will find yourself somewhere, you know, depressed. You'll find yourself depressed, you know, trying to get out of feeling a certain kind of way. So that's why it's, that's why it's extremely important to know your triggers. Everybody got them. Yep. So is there anything you would like to add to talk about to anyone that has like any family members or people themselves that have PTSD? Try to get them to talk about it, but don't push too hard. You know, see if it's anything that they can share with you. And when they share with you, don't judge them. Well, because a lot of veterans are afraid a lot of people did some things, like like way, like some things, like some people did some things, of course. Somebody had to do it. Some people didn't end up dead by themselves, like somebody did it. Somebody dad did it. Somebody mom did it. Somebody granddad did it. And these people are around. 
They are here. They walking around. They dealing with this. This ain't no joke. See if it's anything that they're willing to tell you. See if it's anything that they'll be willing to open up about. Because I found that the more you talk about these things and you open up about these things, it actually allows you to let somebody help you carry that burden. And your folks love you. If they didn't love your crazy self, they wouldn't be there. Now, come on now, we'll run some people away. If you know a veteran dealing with PTSD, or if you have any family members, or if you know any, like, friends that are dealing with PTSD, you can give them this number, 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. that's the crisis hotline. That's the crisis hotline, Tasha. Crisis hotline, a.k.a. Suicide prevention line, homicide prevention line. Uh, they got some great people that work there. Uh, they will sit on the phone with you as long as you need them to. And they're going to listen and they're going to give you positive feedback. And if there's anything that they could do to help you uh, as far as getting in contact with doctors, they got access to the VA. So if you call the crisis hotline and you got a problem, you better believe that you're gonna get a problem. You're gonna get a call from somebody in the VA system. It's something. It's something that ain't even in the VA system. It's outside of the VA system. It's another entity of its own, and they got great resources and they got connections to the VA. And whatever you tell them, you better believe they're gonna write it down. They're gonna put it in their system, and you're gonna begin to call back from somebody about it. Thank you so much for listening and tuning into the show for today. Student Talk host signing off.